Welcome to Lineouts by Earful of Dirt, bringing you conversations with rugby newsmakers about the greatest sport on the planet. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Earful of Dirt Lineouts. This is interview number 14. Uh, right now, and by the way, this is Victor, in case you haven't noticed by the voice. I am right now joined uh, by a very, I guess, fairly famous individual in some rugby circles, at least in my home country, the Dominican Republic. Uh, we have Mr. Colin Brown, head coach of the Dominican uh, National Rugby Team, specifically the FIC Teams program. Colin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on here, Victor. Anytime. A pleasure. Uh, when I had that interview with, with Victor Silveira last week, which, Colin, if you haven't heard it, no worries, you'll do it after uh, you and I are done here. Um, I definitely told him, hey, let me let me see if, if you can get me Colin Brown on, because I definitely want to bring that guy in. I know for a fact I don't, I, I don't have to worry about his English skills. Yeah, so, no, he's, he's okay. Exactly. Oh no! I mean, of course, definitely. I mean, you're a native speaker, so I don't really have to deal with that. And plus, Victor's English is great. I thought I had to translate, so but he made my life so much easier. You have no idea. Yeah. So definitely, definitely enjoy that. But in any case, uh, let me get started with the questions and answers. So, uh, listeners, you could probably tell by by the accent that obviously, and the name Colin Brown, obviously Colin is a native English speaker, as I mentioned. Uh, Colin, I've been told that you're originally from Canada, but specifically which area of the country? Uh, I'm originally from Canada, yeah, from British Columbia, Vancouver area, and that's kind of known as some of the hotbed of rugby in Canada. Yes, we are definitely quite aware of that here at the Earful of Dirt podcast, especially lately, and we'll definitely touch upon uh, British Columbia as the interview goes along. Well, I'm definitely really glad that you're from the from the West Coast, I actually got a really good friend of mine who's Filipino-Canadian, who's actually from Lanford. Um, so, I, yeah, so I'll definitely bring her up once or twice. I've been trying to get her into rugby, but she's one of those people that says, no, it's, it's boring, I don't understand the rules. <laughs> uh, so, and I, I thought I was going to get her, but unfortunately I haven't. But uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I, haven't lo- I haven't lost faith yet. Fair enough. So, we'll see, <laughs> so we'll see with that. But I'll, I'll bring her up a couple of times. I'm actually doing this interview also, try to try to get her to listen to the podcast because she hasn't at all. Because she said, oh, no. So hopefully with this, having a guy from British Columbia, she may probably get into it. So. Ah, that's good. You're more than ever. Yeah, so she, exactly. So shout outs to my friend, Angelique. In any case, guys, uh, continuing with the questions. Um, so Colin, let me ask you, how did you get involved in rugby? What is your rugby uh, story? I guess it's a better question. Well, you know, as a kid growing up in Canada, you, you have to play hockey. It's a lot. Similar in the Dominican Republic, you have to play baseball. So I was a hockey player initially, and I played a fair bit. And then I had a friend invite me out to play um, at uh, high school level. So I went out and played for a bit, and then I was asked to play up in, in a university. And I was still trying to figure out if I liked the game or not. And I remember going to my first game, and... I was playing on the third division side, and then we had our second division and our top division. And we finished our game, and we're watching the other guys play. And when it came to the first division game, there was a massive uh, scrap fight during the game. It was, it was crazy, and I, all of this stuff was unfolding. And I remember feeling pretty uncomfortable. And then we go back to clean up and shower up, and the guys are talking well, where are we going now? Well, we're going back to their clubhouse for third time. And I thought, no, this is what? I, got, I'm gonna, I was younger at the time than the rest of the guys. I thought, oh, geez, I better get ready to get my boxing skills on because it was crazy. You come into the clubhouse and everything that would happen on the field was forgotten. It was joking. Guys that were hitting each other were an arm in arms. And it was one of the first times I really realized like it is a very physical, demanding game. But what the, the culture of the sport is, after the game's over, that's it. You know, and the sign of respect and mutual respect for each other, it was powerful. And for me, from that time on, it changed my whole view of rugby and I started to get more and more serious about it. 
Very well. So, uh, who did you start with in, in as your your let's say your um your cradle uh, type team? Because I mean, British Columbia has so many of them. I mean, on top of my head right now, I can think of James Bay, uh, Capilano, um, uh, University of British Columbia Thunder uh, Thunderbirds, yeah, uh, University of British Columbia uh, All Boys, the Ravens. Um, so who you start with? Yeah, and those those are some strong teams, certainly, and, and certainly to today. Uh, I started with Simon Fraser University, which wasn't necessarily one of the big wigs, but we were starting to fight above our our our, our weight and uh, um, played against those teams throughout the years. Um, so I played there for a bit, and then I went on and played a little bit of representative rugby for the Fraser Valley Union. Then I played some rugby super league that we had in Canada for a couple of years. I played with the Vancouver way and also the Valley venom. Um, those were two super league teams that uh, were around at that time. Um, after that, I actually went overseas and I, I played a bit in China uh, and have since played in various countries around the world. So, wow, China. How well, well, let's talk about that one real quick. How, how, where did you play in China? What was the name of the team? I mean, I can't say I knew a lot about Chinese rugby. It was absolutely amazing because the team that I played with was primarily actually expats. So I was playing with Fijians and Maoris and Irish and French and Aussies. You had this really eclectic melting pot and that formed our club. And there were a few other clubs within the region, but it was it was amazing playing with some fantastic players from all around the world. Um, and we were fortunate that we got to play against the Chinese national team a few times, and we put a few points on them, we'll say. But it was uh, it was a good experience and great great to learn different um, about the different rugby cultures around the world. And then from China, where did you transition to? Uh, from China, I went to Guatemala. Wow, how was that? I, it, it was good. It was a good experience there too. And uh, I started up a club there. There was already a few clubs in the capital in Guatemala City. And I started up a, a club there and, and uh, Guatemala Cape Zell Rugby Club. And we, we were pretty fortunate. We, we went two years undefeated. So that was, we had some fun. No bad. And let me ask you: any of any of the players in that team went went on to to represent Guatemala in the national side, in the Hawaii yeah, side? Many many of the players have played on the national side, and and the club is still very strong to today. We must have had at the time maybe six or seven of the Guatemala national team players on our team. So it's uh, it was great to be working with those guys. They were soaking up the rugby culture and and discipline and. It was a good experience. So I assume you were uh, really, I'm assuming you're quite happy with the results lately uh, of the Guatemala national team. They've been doing quite well uh, again against Costa Rica, El Salvador, and Nicaragua and Panama in yeah, the past couple of seasons. You, uh, you're definitely very savvy of, uh, of that region. Yes, you're right. Guatemala has been doing really well and they started with a strong foundation that we started building a few years ago and they've certainly carried on with it. And there's some good programs in Guatemala now. I still have probably about four or five guys that I've played with back in the day that are still amongst the national team squad. So it's exciting, it's, it's great. I'm really happy for them. And I'll tell you why I'm quite savvy on, on that region of the world. And by the way, thank you for the compliment. Um, shout outs to the guys from America's Rugby News, uh, which is a website that I definitely keep up with to, to find out what's going on in the Americas. That's actually how I know what's happening down in my home country, because if it wasn't for that website, I, I probably have no idea at all what's going on in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Uh, so definitely shout outs uh, to, to Ray, uh, that gentleman, Paul, and Ted, I believe Ted Hardy, who's also a fellow Canadian, and Ray also fellow Canadian too, and a couple of other guys. Um, yeah, they're definitely up to snuff that website when it comes to things going on in the Americas. So yeah, they're doing a really good job promoting the sport, which all out a lot. Beautiful. Uh, and then from Guatemala, I, I assume you went to the Dominican Republic, or did you jump somewhere else before? I had one more since I was in uh, Vietnam. 
In Vietnam. Oh, let's let's hear about that one. Uh, Ho Chi Minh City, and again, uh, I was fortunate because we it was a, a real expat team. So again, playing with Aussies, Kiwis, French, a multicultural uh, team, and we we had some pretty good success. We traveled to Cambodia, played Cambodia's national team a couple of times, and just just wonderful experiences. Rugby is has I've been very fortunate. It's offered me a lot of uh, a lot of great experiences around the world, and have met some amazing people. So beautiful. <laughs> okay, and, and that's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, that, mu that much, that much I can say. So finally, from Vietnam, Dominican Republic. Yes, Dominican Republic. Beautiful. Let me tell you, how long was that flight from Ho Chi Minh City to Santo Domingo? Well, you know what? We took we took a little break in Canada for a little bit. Oh, well, that, yeah, that makes more sense because yeah, otherwise that would have been quite a quite a trip. Yeah, it, it would have been a quiet trip. I don't know if you have gone from from east to west or from west to east to make it to the island. But it, who knows? Who knows? I'm glad we didn't do it all in one shoot. Seriously, dang it! You had to go almost just across Asia and Europe just to make it to the Dominican Republic. If you go towards the European side, I mean, I cannot imagine going from there to the Pacific side and then across. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> just that's incredible. Okay, so now, okay, so now that we're positioning ourselves in the Dominican Republic, yeah. um, how did you end up in my in my beautiful island? Tell me. Uh, I well, yeah, it is a beautiful island. It's absolutely beautiful. We are, today, especially, I mean, we've had a little bit of rain lately, but today has been gorgeous. Um, I work in education, and ah, very well. I'm working at an international school here, and. Uh, Yeah, the opportunity came up, and I said, "Great, I'll, I'll, I'll bring my family over, and we'll, we'll have a go." And then when I found out there was rugby on the island, I was even more thrilled. Of course, I mean, I, I can only imagine. So when you get there, you were, there was already a, a sort of foundation of the game in the country. Certainly, yes. There, there's teams in the capital. Where I live up in Puerto Plata, it's about three hours drive. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's nothing up here, but yeah. but down in the capital they had some structured leagues. So I was super pleased to just be able to uh, join with the club, and I joined with the, the the Red Dragons, and just to be able to go down on some weekends and get game time, it was it was great for what I wanted at that time. Beautiful. So, and speaking of the capital, uh, if and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe there are six teams in the Dominican League thus far, correct? Yes. Yes. And those teams, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, so you already mentioned Red Dragons. Um, I believe you have Pirañas del Caribe, or the Caribbean Piranhas. I believe you have that Umputin, which I think is called Gladiadores, or Gladiators. And I correct me on the other three. There's Titans. That are also okay. playing, and there is the I want to say Vikings, but it's Vikings. Vikings. Yeah. yeah, and, and the last one. I did. You got me right now. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know neither. I was. I was. I was <laughs> expecting you to know. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's because some of them are some of them are more established clubs, and yeah, some of are developing to be a, a full competitive club as well, too. Very well. Okay, well, I'll do my homework and find out about that sixth one, <laughs> listeners, because I only know, uh, at least we only know of the first five. Yeah, you'll let me know, too, the name, right? Sounds like a plan. So, um, and speaking of Puerto Plata, uh, uh, I know you, you are up in, in the Cabarete uh, region of the, of, the, of, the, of the province. I've never been up there myself. Uh, my family is one half from my mother's side that from Monte Plata and from my father's side they're originally from Santiago but migrated to the capital oh, okay. oh my goodness probably 50 60 years ago at this time I think um, any development thus far of, of rugby in Puerto Plata at least on, on your part because I mean I assume if, if it's pushed it's pushed by you really yeah it's just it's just tough I mean I'm also pretty my time commitments also with my work First and foremost, then with the national team, it, it's extended me quite a bit. What I have done and what, what's been great is we have started a bit of a touch rugby league up here. And that's something that we're just slowly trying to introduce people to the sport, have a run around on a Friday. And, uh, but it's very, very informal at this point. 
Mm -hmm. Very well. Um, any plans of getting um, rookie rugby or getting into rugby in the country at some, at some time? Because it has really definitely helped uh, countries, for example, well, in Cambodia, Vietnam, in Colombia as well. Yeah, I, I think they're working on that in capital to try to look to expand and, and open it up to more and more people. I know we're trying to work hard in the universities to talk, you know, get some of these athletes out that have never seen sport before, but but are physical or, or um, quick, and trying to tap into that group to expand our, our player base. Sounds great. So moving from that, and and first of all, let me ask you. I just thought of the question: How long have you been in the country thus far? This is my fourth year. Very well done. And in terms of your work as a, as a, as a teacher, what do you teach in, in, over there? Actually, I'm not, I'm not a teacher. I'm a director of school. Oh, very well. Okay, a principal, I guess, in other words. Yeah. Very well done. Okay. Well, I mean, that comes with its own challenges. And, of course, you're the person I assume that has the most responsibility in the, in the place as a director. Well, it's a, it's a team effort here for sure. And... Uh, Oh, well, of course. Definitely. I mean, I was a student, so I, I can vouch for that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Beautiful. So uh, let me ask you, um, how, I, I, I don't know if I assume you're still living with it. I mean, it's, it's four years, but I'll ask you anyway. Um, how's the Spanish going? Uh, poco a poco. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, Eso es bueno. entiendo poco más. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's better than, than most people I'll tell you. That's, that's great. If you if you if you speak much, what you understand, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for that. And actually, is speaking of which, uh, you as a, as a coach, uh, what are the challenges when when it comes to the the, the language barrier? I mean, it's not that hard because obviously you have knowledge of the of the, of the language to a certain extent, mm -hmm. but us Dominicans are not really known for our bothering of learning the English language. So uh, what's the challenge there with that, that small gap in language? Yeah, you know what, and that's a, that's a good question. Um, it, it is a bit of a challenge, but we get around that because we do have a few guys on the team that speak English and can help translate. It's tough getting the exact essence of what I <laughs> want to say across at times. Of course. Um, but I think they do a good job. I also... Uh, when we're coaching and, and working, there's a lot of visuals. There's a lot of charades. There's a lot of, you know, so everyone's clear. I'm saying it in English. It's getting translated, and they're seeing a visual of it as well, too. Very well done. So, and speaking of coaching, uh, thus far, what is your coaching history uh, in the rugby game? Uh, in Dominican Republic or in general? Well, I mean, let's say, let's say in general, yeah. that's not a problem. I coach, I coach some high school teams back home. When I moved to Beijing, I became, well, I was a player initially, but I became a player coach, and I was there for five years. And again, that was a fantastic experience because there were so many skilled, natural rugby players that had grown up in various cultures. So working with them and, and just trying to build a consistent system uh, it was it was a great experience uh, for me certainly personally and, and for our club we, we grew to, to win quite a few championships. I remember going on the first time to Beijing practice uh, to a game and we were playing this team we hadn't practiced very much and we, we were kind of in close or we may have tied or lost to a team that I looked across and they sh there's no way that they should have been on the park with us. I looked at our team, we've got these big Fijians, big Maoris, we've got all these guys with skill, but we didn't have any sort of cohesion or system or mindset. And, and so that's when I wanted to get involved with it. And, and so I coached there for another, uh, for five years. So Very well. And then in Guatemala, of course, I coached for a couple of years as well. Mm -hmm. So pretty much what you're doing in the Dominican Republic is to a certain extent what you were doing uh, in China and, and Guatemala. Yeah, I mean, everything is different levels, though. Of course, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Very well, then. So, 
uh, speaking of the game in the country, what is, of course, in your opinion as a foreigner, uh, what is the current status of the game in the Dominican Republic? Uh, we are definitely up and coming. And I, I can say from a, a national team perspective, we've been working, uh, I've been involved with them for, for just over a year and a half now, almost a couple of years. And we've been working really hard to, first of all, develop that mindset, mindset of discipline, mindset of fitness, mindset of what it is to be a, a representative of the country, mindful of what, what it is to be a rugby player, showing up on time, you know, not, hey, tranquilo, matare, but showing up, you know, on time, being professional, ready to go. We've done a lot of work with that initially to set a foundation from where we can start building on. And guys are buying into it. They're committed to it. Initially, we were a little bit, we had a few guys that uh, thought they were really, really good and didn't need to train or didn't need to do this. But we very quickly have changed that mindset or those players aren't involved with us. As a Dominican, I know my uh, my countrymen have a certain certain problem uh, when it comes to commitment. Of course, depending on what it is, uh, when it comes to sport, uh, some of us have this uh, macho mentality that oh, I'm so good and I don't need to do a one, two, or three, uh, or, or 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 let me see what's the other one to uh, that we have or. Uh, or I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned uh, t timeliness. Um, you know, so many kids you tell you tell one guy, "I need you here at six, and they come at ten p.m. Uh, and and this is in, in all honesty, of course, when I say this. It's not considered rude. It's not considered, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I say this with with all seriousness uh, to to my fellow Dominicans that might be listening to this. But we do have a problem with that. Uh, one of the things I personally am glad of is that I came to the States at the age of 11, and I've been living in the States for the past 16 years, since 2002. Uh, so I don't have that problem of if you tell me, one, uh, let's say 5 p.m., I'll be there, no life, for 30, just, in, just to make sure that I, was, that I will be there on time. Uh, but that's because I already have the, for lack of a better word, the gringo mentality mm. of getting there early. Uh, but if I was raised in the R from 11 onwards, who knows? I probably might be just like just like them. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I don't want to ex expand it or extrapolate it too much. All, all I can say is that for the guys that came out at the time, we had a different mindset. And we've been working on really molding the professional mindset to approach, to approach rugby, to approach sport, be professional in your mind, you know, Showing up time is one, on time is one of those. And I, I have to hand it, you know, the guys are stepping it up because they, they're taking it more and more serious and they want to be involved in something bigger. And that's for a coach, that's exciting when guys start to take that on. We still have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do on educating uh, the rugby cult, rugby um, knowledge even, mm -hmm. experience and decision-making, we have a long way to go with that. Um, we can still be fitter. We can work on our conditioning. We can work on our strength. We have a lot of work to go on that too. But what's exciting for a coach is that we are, I'm seeing guys start to take those steps and start to want to be better and start to want to push themselves. So it's exciting time right now. And I'm really happy you said that. That that's really most of what I hear. Want to hear that there are exciting times in, the, in when it comes to the, the rugby culture in the Dominican Republic. Now going back with Red Dragons, um, that is the only team that you that you play for, correct? You don't play for any other the other five uh, teams? Yeah, no, I only played for the Red Dragons, and it was for a season. We were for, we won the the cup in the end that year, which was kind of cool. And then I, I haven't played for any other team. And at the time, you never coached or was part of the coaching staff of the Red Dragons. You were never a player coach. For no, I, I was just a player at that time. Very well. So your, your first coaching job was with the national side, which is the one that you have right now, correct? First coaching in the Dominican Republic. <clears throat> yes, of course. Yeah, it's been with the national side. Very well, Tom. So, I mean, we sort of 
already sort of touched up, uh, uh, touched up, uh, touched upon the this topic. Um, but what challenges have you encountered while coaching the country or in the country? Um, again, I think you know, changing a mindset, changing a, a more professional approach to the sport itself, understanding the rugby culture. Those have been uh, challenges that we face and continue to work through. Uh, I'd love to see more funding from the ministry. I'd love to see more involvement from the ministry of sport. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're putting out a, a program that the ministry wants to take notice about and wants to support. I don't want to, uh, uh, I'm very uh, prideful, I guess, when it comes to, to, to rugby. And I want to make sure that we are doing things at the very best level that we possibly can. And until we get there, you know, I, I we, we just have a lot of work to do. Very well. So moving from uh, to what happened last year, yeah, I do know that last year uh, the the country, uh, the national side, left the island for the very first time to play another team. If I'm not mistaken, they played against Torsa Caicos in Providenciales, yes. and they played two games, one against. Uh, Bahamas, and I think the other one, probably, sure. I, say, I think it was Corazao, I want to say. Yeah. Very well then. Um, of those games, I know they beat Corazao by a nice margin. Uh, they lost to Sankeiko's 24-15. I thought it was a great score for what I was expecting, in mm -hmm. honesty. And then, of course, that blowout uh, uh, loss against uh, the Bahamas. I think it was 52 uh, six. I want to say I could be wrong with that 40 score. Or, yeah, forty-two to five or something. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, forty-two to five. I said fifty. That's already too much. Yeah, to bring, bring the numbers down, right? Yeah, of, of course, of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course, I'll, I'll bring it down a notch. No worries. Well, um. Let me ask you: Was your uh, your assessment uh, of of last year in 2017? I think it was a great year, but uh, what's your your ex your opinion as a coach? Yeah, I mean, there was there was some definitely some highlights. The the first time, you know, getting getting a win against Curacao and international uh, uh, rugby nation that has played for much, many more years than we have at home was exciting and and it was impressive. That said, we. <laughs> We made a lot of mistakes in the game. We, we made a lot of poor decision-making. We weren't fully, I, I could go on and on. I was super pleased and proud that we got the win, but it also highlighted the fact we have many areas that we needed to still work on. The game I was most impressed with for us last year um, was actually in Turks and Caicos. We had to travel over there. They have a beautiful setup. They have uh, many people from around the world playing on their team that have played rugby since they were little kids. There were a few Aussies, a few uh, English. Um, they also had people that they were flying back from the United States to be a part of that game. And they, I don't know if you know this or not, but they ended up beating Bahamas as well too. Yes. So, so for us, it was it, we were in that game right until the very end it was a battle back and forth our guys didn't quit they gave everything left everything on the field and as, as a coach you got to be I, I was really proud of them it also showed that we still need to grow and experience and understand the game a bit more turning to the bahamas game i was i was disappointed because i expected we'd come out firing a bit more and i don't know if it was the hometown nerves again, or the feeling that you know, well, we played at home before, and we're we're going to win again. Um, I I I'm not too sure what happened to us, but we weren't the same team as we were a few weeks ago, a few weeks prior when we played Turks and Caicos. It was a good learning experience for us, though. Again, you know, just again realizing anytime you play put on the jersey for an international match, you are going to be tested. And if you're not ready to front up, if you're not ready mentally, physically, you're going to have problems. And we have problems that day. I'd love to see the Bahamas this year. Unfortunately, we, we, we won't. But uh, 
I'm looking for a date against them in the future to show them that our program has uh, evolved a bit more from that from that experience that we had. On the whole, I'm pleased with our progress, but I know that we have a lot more to do. Well, let me ask you, now that you mentioned that you won't be seeing Bahamas, um, what is thus far the, the 2018 schedule for the team? We have French Guyana, and we have Guadalupe, and we have Curacao this year. And well, the games will be April, May, and June. And our, we have two home games against Curacao and French Guyana. And then we travel to Guadalupe. That's, that's not bad, actually. Yeah. Okay. Very well. Yeah, because the thing is, when I had the interview with Victor, he was telling me that, yes, yeah, so you guys were going to play Curacao. And he forgot Guadalupe. And he told me that you're going to be playing Guyana. But yeah. when he said Guyana, I'm thinking, English-speaking Guyana, not French Guyana. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. There we go. Because because I'm in my mind in my mind when he said Guyana, I say, oh my God, they're going to they're, they're going to die <laughs> because that that, that, green, that green machine has run over the U.S. South team several times. Mm. So I mean, I can't even imagine what we'll do to the American Republic. But if French Guyana, yeah, uh, um, it's manageable. And I've been told that the Dominicans play or the Dominican team hasn't played French Guyana in years. Apparently, I don't know how many. It's been quite a long time. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Now, are you aware of the? Uh, well, I mean, Curacao, obviously, but are you aware of the of the, of the Guadalupe and the French Guyana teams? Have you checked them out? Is there any film that you we're, can check? Yeah, it, there's limited film, and we're we're very at the early stages of of looking at that. We'll be looking at game tapes and videos closer to the game, actual game. You know, looking at it three weeks out, maybe a month out, getting a bit more serious about that. Right now, we're just focusing on ourselves. We uh, we need to get better as a team ourselves, make sure our systems are in place, make sure guys understand our systems, know what our defensive alignment is. We, we've got a lot to work on before we start worrying about what the opposition has. So we want to get our game right and then start looking at others. So, I mean, what you said is, is if, well, we have a, I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of the Dominican saying of, I believe the, the phrase is, eh, yo le pongo atención a mis cartones, so I pay attention to my, my cardboard, so meaning, meaning, that, meaning that you pay attention to your things and you don't, and you don't have to worry about it, anyone right. else. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, uh, that, okay, there you go, that's it. It's a great mindset, I have to say. Very Dominican-style mindset as well. Yeah. Great. By the way, Colin, I have asked you everything, but I, for, I actually forgot to ask you at the beginning. What is your position in the game? Uh, I usually play, I've played 10 or 12 over the years. That's been my position. So. Very well, Thumb. And I also... Oh, I'm sorry. I also noticed that you played for, for the Dominican team a, a couple of times. Uh, I was... Put on the roster in Turks and Caicos because we had an injury while we were there on our squad. So because I, I had played representative level for Canada in our semi-pro league, but I'd never played for Canada, I was still eligible. So I put I was the 23rd sub. I didn't use myself in the Turks and Caicos game because the guys were, were playing their hearts out. And for me, What's, I've played a fair bit over my years, and for me what's more important is making sure that the guys get that rugby experience and rugby time. Um, I have been down. I, was, I did go in for a few minutes against the Bahamas at the end due to various injuries and what have you. Um, that's been the extent of it for me playing-wise. This year it might be a little bit different. I've also brought on board a, a Another coach from Canada, and he's actually played a game for Canada or a few games for Canada. He's a pro, and he works with me um, developing the team. So I might, depending on the need or if there's a need within the squad, I might look to be playing a little bit more. But I want to see how everything shapes up first. Very well. But technically, you are capped by the Dominican Republic. I, I realize that. Yeah, Canada's not capped. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there we go. We did all the foreigners we can get in that Dominican thing at first, so that that's okay. I mean, hey, Canadian-born, Dominican-capped, I have no problem with that. So it's okay. <laughs> no, no, no worries there. So this uh, this other coach that you're bringing uh, bringing in, uh, what's his name? His name's Alvi Pasuto. Can't say I 
don't, I can't say I know him, but I'm sure I'll look him up and yeah. I'm, I'm sure he, I'll find him. He played years ago, uh, prop, big guy, and uh, it's great because he's he's got, he still scrummages with the boys and he gets their immediate respect because they don't move him. And he's he's a good person to have in there and really help out with the forwards and, and get, um, get them uh, organized. Did he ever play in the World Cup for Canada? No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't play in the World Cup. He was around that time, one of the years, but no. Mm, very well. But, oh, but are we talking about early 90s, uh, I guess we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, within the 90s. Maybe, yeah, yeah, 90s. Yeah, so I guess probably 91, 95. Maybe a little bit, yeah, more, I'd say 95. Five-ish onward. Right. Yeah. Very well then. Okay. So I, I probably I, I may find some info on him hopefully. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay then. So uh, moving right along. Uh, so speaking about the, the players themselves. So who are the top players in the country, whether in, in the national team or the up and coming that, that you know of? Mm. There's a few, and I don't necessarily want to single out guys because it's it's a team game. Of course. Uh, what I will say, what I will say is, uh, uh, you know, Victor is a, he, he's a pretty humble guy, but his presence on the field as captain, uh, he has quite a presence on the field. He doesn't, he's not uh, a big talker per se, but he's a big doer. He gets stuff done and. Uh, Guys respect him. They know, or if they tried to tackle him in, in practice or against him in other, other teams during the club stuff, they realize he's a force on the field, and he's got a he's got a really good presence about him. So he's certainly someone that we're 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 happy that we have around with the national team. Um, another guy that we have who's a, a kind of an assistant vice captain for us for a few games last year was Arnold Figueroa. He's uh, Rusito. Rusito. Uh, he's a, a, a small, smaller guy, but he's he's pretty fearless out there. He makes good breaks. He's fast, um, and uh, he he's led the team through action as well too. Very well. So so those two, Victor Silverio and Arnold Figueroa, and I've been told that his mother is um, of um, Slavic descent. Russian, I believe, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Not many Russians in my country, so I mean, Canadians, yeah, but <laughs> Russians, not, not too many. Not as many. Very welcome. Um, yeah. There was so, a good young up-and-comer in uh, Andres Pepin, and he's a prop. We put him at prop. He's fast. He could play a big uh, center position, like some of the big centers you see nowadays. But... The, the work rate and his strength and his passion right now, he's a good front row player for us. And we want him, he, he does well in the set piece really well, and he's mobile around the field. So he's one of our up and comers for sure. Beautiful. Yes, Andres Pepin, I, I have heard the name. Beautiful. So let me ask you, since, of course, our podcast, Earflow Dirt, is primarily focused on Major League Rugby. Are you keeping up with the league uh, from the, the country? With uh, the Dominican National League or, sorry? No, 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 I'm sorry. The question was, are you keeping up with Major League Rugby from the Dominican Republic? Am I keeping up with rugby? Sorry, I can't, I couldn't hear that question. I apologize. Not a problem. No, I was wondering if you're keeping up with Major League Rugby, oh, MLR. Which is yeah, I've been watching a little bit of that. I think that's incredibly exciting for North America. Um, having Seattle Seawolves and a bunch of our Canadian boys going down and playing for that. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this develops. I wish Canada would have jumped on something like this years ago, but we, we tend to be a bit more timid. We're not as uh, aggressive as the U.S. are about really promoting and uh, marketing sports and the U.S. do a great job with that. I've seen uh, Houston Sabercats have had a few games recently, um, and it's it's good. It's interesting to see the various results against the BC Premier teams that have gone down there. Um, but an exciting time for rugby in North America. 
Beautiful. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the the BC teams. Uh, uh, unfortunately, there's no there's no video recording of the of the games uh, for whatever reason. So everything has to be uh, put through uh, through through radio, mm-hmm. and that's being brought uh, that, that's being um, commentated by a friend of ours, like a friend of the show, a uh, Grant Cold, the, the rugby evangelist. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you have heard him a couple of times. On his, I think it's called a Mixalard um, page. And if you haven't, I definitely recommend it. The guy brings a, a passion to the game, very similar to Dominican commentators with baseball or Mexican commentators in, in football soccer. Yeah, 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 nice. Beautiful. So, and actually, speaking of the of the two the, the two teams so far from the the BC Premier League, they have they have played the SaberCats. Uh, that was University of British Columbia All Boys. Uh, which thus far is the only team that has beaten the, the Sabercats in this preseason, uh, score of 26 to 23. And the other team, which was actually just this past Saturday, which was um, James Bay uh, Athletic Association, the Bears, they lost 42 to 13, mm-hmm. which is really funny because in the league, they're actually number one, while the Ravens are number two. And the, and the second best team, is the one that beat the Sabercats. Mm. So it's kind of funny. It's really funny how that works. And it was with a, a squad very similar to the one that played James Bay. So have uh, you ever had a chance to play against any of those teams while you were still in Canada? Did we? Sorry? Did you get a chance to play any of those teams while you were uh, still playing in Canada? Yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly James Bay. I played against James Bay and UBC Old Boys. Um, and the James Bay has had a strong, strong... Uh, program for years, years. They've developed many, many Canadian players over the years. Uh, UBC Old Boys, too, another strong program that's, it, it kind of uh, went off kilter, was, we'll say, a bunch of years ago, but it's they, they're back in their very, very strong side as well. Elvi um, Casuto actually played, he played in, in the interior in Kelowna for a bit, but then he also uh, played for James Bay as well over his years. So. A good program. I think uh, I think UBC Old Boys went down with a bit stronger squad. I think they were more up to full strength. And I know that I'm not making excuses, but I know I, I know James Bay may not have had all their players available to them with the Canada squad um, and the Canada Sevens team um, playing overseas. So. Very well done. But it's it's fantastic. I really like the way that Houston is is uh, really embracing it, really marketing it well, pushing the game, getting people excited about rugby. I just wish we had that in Canada. Well, I mean, who knows? It may it may come up as as the as, as the years come. And actually, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I don't know if you are aware of of the plans of putting Canadian franchises. In Ontario and Vancouver. Uh, thus far, the I guess the tentative name for the Vancouver team will be uh, Vancouver Rugby Football Club. Although that may change, obviously, as the, the team gets announced mm-hmm. either later in 2018 or at the beginning of 2019. Yeah. Uh, the team from Ontario is the Ontario Arrows, which is an offshoot of the Ontario Blues, which, by the way, I, ha- I have seen personally played. Uh, they actually played against the All Blue of New York, a very uh, prestigious club here in New York City. They actually uh, beat All Blue uh, 31 to 29, I want to say. A very close match, really fun, I had to say. Uh, now, um, let me see. I guess uh, the, the question would be, do you, uh, would you like to see some of the, the, the guys from the Dominican national team play in those Canadian franchises? I tell you what, if I, I I would love to see any of our guys um, get an opportunity to play at a higher level. I mean, playing at the national level obviously is the greatest honor that you can have to play for your national team. But realistically, competition and having a professional uh, opportunity, I'd love to see some guys develop guys to get a shot like that. I think it would be fantastic. Um, and I think we, we have some natural athletes here, natural ability and strength and power and speed. We just we have to work on the, the rugby experience and the rugby knowledge. 
So those uh, specifically uh, talking about the, the two other players you mentioned, which were uh, Arnold Figueroa and Andres Pepin, because Victor, I mean, I love him, but you know he's getting up in the up there in age. He's thirty one. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't mind me mentioning how old he is. <laughs> but um, but again, speaking of Arnold and um and and Andres, which I assume are probably in, in their twenties, although I'm really not sure. I think Arnold's uh, a bit older, but Andres is young. Yeah. Very well. Well, do you do you see those two players possibly making it in a major league rugby team uh, in the near future, given the possibility? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Arnold certainly has much more of the the rugby mind and and, and knowledge. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think he would he would uh, he stacks up really well and he's fearless when it comes to tackling. But he's a bit he's a bit smaller but that said so is Phil Mack and he's he's a fantastic player for Canada um Andres has some a lot of raw natural ability he's a big strong boy he's fast he's aggressive he's got a lot of raw talent that you know with the right focus coaching discipline he could be someone that uh, people would want to be looking at down the road and there's, there are a few, there are a few people on the team like that. I just, a lot of it just comes down to further experience with rugby. Great. Um, let me see. Uh, oh, by the way, are you keeping up with Canada's um, qualifier games with Uruguay for the 2019 World Cup? Yes. Very sad. Okay. Very sad. I'm, 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 I, I'm, okay, so I'm sorry for you. I'm very sad, very sad. Oh my goodness! Hey, hey, no, no worries. I, I, I feel no, you. No comment. No comment. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Hey, you know, let's be honest with each other. They did lose that game against Uruguay in BC Place, which, by the way, I haven't been to BC Place, but I got a couple of friends of mine that have, and they tell me that the atmosphere in that place is, is just out of this yeah. world. So I cannot wait to myself one of these days find myself over there in BC Place. But I mean, but that game was really tight, thirty-eight to twenty-nine. I think is a respectable uh, score, although I think Canada should have won that. Uh, but, I mean, the, the door hasn't closed yet. It's still open for them to uh, have a really good game in Montevideo this upcoming Saturday and probably getting that um, America's two spot. And even if they lose, I mean, they still have the rubber charge. Of course, they have to play against some serious competition, uh, I believe, in Samoa. And most likely, if um, Romania doesn't make it anywhere between Spain or Russia, and you got a couple of other teams as well. But, excuse me, but I think the Canadian team can still make it to, to Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I, I certainly hope so. And and hopefully the boys do. They they go back, they regroup, they think about where they, uh, you know, really look at what they did in preparation for it, what they could have worked on, uh, or be more prepared for the actual game day. And certainly, yeah, there's an opportunity. That's a, there's a lot of talent on that team. A lot of skilled backs. We have outside backs that are world class, but we got to just put it together. I think uh, Evan Olmsted said it best, and he was interviewed. He played flanker. He said, "You know, we we got to come together as a team, and essentially, and not worry about just one guy doing everything. We have to have." So, I'm positive, and I'm hoping that we get a good result in Uruguay, but. That's a tough, that's a hostile environment to go down to. They're passionate about their game and at home, nothing's going to be easy, but uh, certainly, certainly possible as well. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers because let me tell you, there's a, a lot of those players in the Canadian squad are some of my favorite players. Uh, I've been into the game since 2015 uh, during the World Cup year. Mm. And I remember one of my first matches was Canada-USA in the old Pacific Nations Cup. And the two players that definitely caught my eye uh, when I saw that first uh, game with Canada were uh, Taylor Paris, mm -hmm. that was playing for Agen for a couple of years now with Castra. And of course, the beast, beast himself, DTH Bandemover, yeah. uh, the, who now holds the record for the most tries uh, on the Canadian team. And I, and in that game, they also have Jeff, Jeff Hassler, who hadn't played for the team since the World Cup. And that's the first time they had those three players 
in the back. Right. And that's a world-class backline. Yeah, seriously. And, and I'm telling you, and even so, they got that close to winning against Uruguay, a team that they have historically winning every time, but is the fact that Uruguay is such a small country and mm -hmm. all the, the teams are mostly concentrated in Montevideo and, it's, and they're only about 30 minutes away from uh, from San, uh, uh, Estadio Charua, which is uh, where their, the high performance center is. So it's a lot easier for them and they have just if a handful of players playing overseas and most of them in France. So that's another thing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll just see see how we go this weekend, and I'm hoping good things for uh, for Canadian boys. Beautiful. Um, let's see. Uh, I was also. Uh, oh, actually, let me, speaking of the Canadian boys, um, do you have the chance to meet or play any of the players in the in the national side? Uh, I'm a little bit older, a little bit long in the tooth, so a lot of the guys that I uh, played against or played with are, are through the system. Um, I did play against Phil Mack when he was running on the wing, and that was he must have been really young. Um, but of the current, that's the only the only guy that I've. Uh, Very well. Sounds good. Beautiful. So, um, going back uh, with with the Dominican Republic, um, what can we expect from Team DR in 2018? Yeah, we're we're set. Uh, some pretty high expectations for ourselves for this year. That last year was uh, a teething out period, trying to figure out where we are, trying to come together as a team. Now we really want to work on building on some of the structure that we've put in place and, and really executing at a more consistent level. So we're looking for, we've got some good challenges ahead of us. I know we've been successful against Curacao for the last two years, but that doesn't mean anything come day to game day. So we uh, we are really serious about our preparation for them. And it's not even, uh, to be frank, we're always looking to win. But even more so, we want to improve our game. We want to improve how we approach the game. We want to improve our execution. And I think if we can really up that, uh, our focus and uh, execution of our systems, and game plan. Uh, I, I'm pretty pretty excited about our results for the year. Beautiful. And by the way, has anyone contacted you from abroad and asked if they, they could be part of the team, as in Dominican players, like say in the United States, in Europe, mostly where we are? Yeah. You know what? I just just this year, I, I'm trying to reach out a little bit. I, I put something out to. Uh, I don't know if they put it out, but I put something out to the. New York Union, Rugby Union, to see if there's any players playing in the league or to advertise for us. And I also put something out in Florida. And I did get a couple of people contact me from Florida that are interested in coming down and, and being a part of, part of our training camp. So that's something I'd like to see us expand more. If we have Dominican players playing in the U.S., if you're listening to this podcast, get, get in touch with me. Um, we'd, we'd love to hear about your rugby experience at this point and, and hopefully get you out for uh, some tryouts. Beautiful. Well, as a Dominican myself, you, you can be sure that I'm definitely going to spread the, war, the word to any uh, fellow Dominican that I know of. In fact, uh, I do know of a gentleman who approached me. I don't know if you're familiar with, with him, a guy named Willie Dominguez, uh, who is half Dominican, half Puerto, half Puerto Rican. Okay. And he has approached a couple of, uh, actually has approached myself and Victor and another gentleman about the prospect of going down uh, to Santo Domingo to, to perform and see if he can make the team. Uh, I also know of another guy, I don't know if he has any plans of playing internationally or, or nationally, uh, a friend of mine called Osvaldo Garcia, and he plays for Iona College in New Rochelle, New York. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he, he's, he's a back player. I forgot his position. Okay. I think fullback. Yeah, fullback. And, um, and I've seen him play, and it is, it's no joke. Yeah. So I'll definitely, I'll definitely reach out to him and see, see what happens. Thank you. Yeah, no, that'd be great. We, we definitely encourage any and all players that are interested in being a part of the program and being part of the, the national team. Uh, obviously, where we're at currently right now with our funding and funding through the ministry, it's, it is somewhat limited so that would be on guys themselves to make that trip. Um, we could probably host people 
down in the capital during the training camp time. Um, but the, obviously, they need to get down there themselves. But very welcome to, to anyone that's interested, any Dominican that's interested in being involved. Beautiful. Now, uh, just a couple of things before I let you go, because uh, you have I have taken already a lot of your time, <laughs> but I'm just having really uh, having a lot of fun speaking with with a Canadian in my country while I'm in the United <laughs> States. So you 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 see how funny the, the, the that the economy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, because I mean, we are we are immigrants, but of of of, of a different piece of thread, if you want to call it that. So it's very very funny how that goes. Um, when you were down in the in, in Tucson Caicos last year, I don't know if you are if you I don't know if you met him, but I assume you do. You did. There was a gentleman who I was told really helped out the Dominican team with the name of Fausto. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Not too sure. No. Well, um, this gentleman Fausto happens to be my, my well now happens to be my stepfather, and he was living in, in Tucson Caicos uh, for a couple of years. He was a taxi cab driver. He married my mom. Uh, last year, and him and I were actually talking uh, the week of the the game with Tucson Caicos. Uh, I believe on on Friday, no, on Wednesday, I think it was. <laughs> uh, no, excuse me, on Thursday. And I told him, "Hey, the Dominican boys are going to be playing in Tucson Caicos. I know you don't know of the game, but I want you to go and check it out because when you come to the states, I want you to take you to a game because my my own father is super boring, so I might as well use my stepdad. <laughs> so, so he said, hey, "It's okay. I'll go and check it out." And he calls me about 20 minutes later and tells me, hey, guess what? So what happened? A buddy of mine just called me to tell me to pick up a couple of guys. They're from the rugby team. So really? I said, yeah, yeah I'm going to pick them up and, I, and I'm going to put you through them. So with him, I got to meet, meet um, Victor, uh, Eric, uh, Kaunex, a couple of the guys from the team. Nice. And, they, and, they, and they said they really enjoyed uh, having my stepdad help them, helping them out. Uh, get, getting the guys some food, moving them around the island and the like. Uh, and I mentioned this because my stepdad is, is, is now a fan of the game and follows the, the team as much as possible. And whatever you guys are playing, he always asks me about it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, so yeah. I, maybe I did meet him as well. I, I, the name just doesn't jump out at me right now. But I'll tell you what, what, that was one of the things that was really special. And it's something really endearing and special about the Dominican people that I, uh, I really respect. It was great. We went to Turks and Caicos and we actually had a Dominican fan club. We had a group of Dominicans out. I don't think they knew much about the game, but they were out waving the flag loud for, for us, cheering loud. And, and after the game, they came and met up with the team and were really a part of it. The, the sense of family amongst uh, Dominicans is something really impressive. And it was a special feeling for, for all of us out there. And I know for the boys to be in a completely different country, some of our boys had never been out of the country ever. They're in a different country and they've got Dominicans cheering them on and being a part of the, the, the after, after game celebration. So very special moment. Beautiful. Well, with that said, uh, we're going to come to an end, guys, of uh, Align Out, episode 14. Again, we call him Brown. Colin, thank you very much for giving me so much of your time, answering questions and the like. Uh, would you be willing to come back to the podcast maybe at the end of the year to, so you could give me a, an assessment of what happened uh, during the 2018 season? Yeah, you bet. Anytime. I'm happy to, to have a chat with you. It was great meeting you and having a chat with you. And you're right, your questions weren't too hard. I think I could, could answer most of them. So thanks for taking it easy on me. Except for the Canada-Uruguay stuff, man. No, we, we didn't need to hear that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I put the. I'm sorry that I put the finger in the wound. I'm. I, I, I was looking to do that. I, I, I swear. <laughs> it just happened. It was just for the moment. <laughs> We're looking for a good year ahead, and uh, definitely keep you posted. And uh, anyone out there, if they're interested in being a part of our program, certainly get in touch with me. It'd be great. Beautiful. And by the way, uh, one last thing with Major League Rugby, uh, and, and, and it's kind of interesting. I was talking with Victor, and he was telling me that they're having a couple of games uh, with, with Haiti, mm. and that um, things have been kind of complicated because of political things here and there, and you guys haven't been able to cross on their side, nor them to, to yours, and obviously their union is quite young. Um, there is actually one uh, Haitian-born player in Houston 
called Mo Machari. He came to the States as, as, as a youngster, so he's really U.S. Uh, raised, but he was born in Haiti. So as a Dominican, it's actually kind of funny that Major League Rugby comes and Haiti has one representative players and we have none. Mm. So I find that really funny. Well, well, we'll see. Give us a little time. Give us a little time. Of of course, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm putting my my money in, in Willie Dominguez that he can play for the R, and uh, he plays for New York Rugby Club, where one of my co-hosts, uh, Daniel Brown, fellow Brown actually, uh, plays for as well. Uh, so I'm expecting Willie to hopefully play uh, for Major League Rugby, and whenever I check him out, I see the Dominican flag next to his name. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. Awesome. Beautiful. So once again, Colin, thank you very much for, for your time. Uh, once again, guys, uh, this was Victor again with Earful of Dirt Lineouts, episode 14. Thank you for listening. This has been Lineouts by Earful of Dirt. Connect with Earful of Dirt online. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. For Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for listening. <laughs>